Hello, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Prep Extra Broadcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, Jeff Ekstrom along with Luke Mullen, and we continue our football breakdowns and coverage as we are getting towards the end of the fall sports season. We had state volleyball finish up over the weekend. Football semifinals, only two rounds to go before we turn our full attention on to the winter sports. But let's get right into it, Luke. Let's talk about what happened this past weekend because we had a lot of stuff go down. We're going to start in football, and we're going to go right into Class A. The Cinderella run continues. Omaha North, the 16th seed, they didn't even play football last year, and they beat North Platte 35-34 on the road. North Platte tied the game up, or it was... They scored with six and a half minutes yeah. left in the game, missed the extra point, and that proved to be the difference as the Vikings move on. Talk about brutal. Well, you know, some say Omaha North will never lose again. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a pretty incredible run that they've been on. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about it last week that it was going to be a difficult challenge, a new type of game for them to go to North Platte and win that. And, you know, it really showed how close those two teams were that it came down to that a missed extra point. So total credit to North Platte, uh, another another great team up there. They had a great season as well to go out in the quarterfinals. And for Omaha North, you know, that that confidence, that momentum just has to keep on building. You know, they're they're playing with house money at this point, really, as as far as they can keep it going. You know, that that'll be the goal for that team with with obviously nothing to lose there. And yeah, just uh Another great result for them, you know, is it was a tight game as expected and really interesting. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into the breakdown of, of how the rest of the Class A bracket shapes up for the semifinals. But, you know, it's, it's no stretch to say they could be back in Memorial as they, they often have been the last 10 years. Well, they're going to have a stiff test. They take on Gretna, who defeated Elkhorn South 14-7. to And, Luke, we got called out <laughs> about that pick. Yep. And guess what? We were right. And, I mean, that's a— Tough game, 14-7. I think not the score that I imagined it would be, sure. but yeah. that's a great win by Gretna. Be able to pull out a low-scoring game like that to get onto the semis, that's a program-building win. Yeah, and I, I will say that bodes well for this Friday. I don't know if you've seen the forecast, but it's going to be about 40 degrees. Yeah, windy. Yep, a little bit windy, a little bit chilly. Um, so some of those lower-scoring games, that might be what we see this week. And, yeah, definitely holding Elkhorn South to seven points is really impressive. I don't think any defense all season came close to holding the storm there. I think they had a couple 21-pointers or or something like that. But seven points for, you know, the caliber of athlete they have in that offense is really impressive. You know, the the Gretna defense had impressed me, but, you know, they they gave up big points to Lincoln East. They've had some other moments, you know, some some high-scoring games as well. So 14-7 win there. That shows just do whatever – do whatever it takes, survive in advance, you know, whatever motto you want to put on it at this time of year. Just one of those wins and, you know, the the revenge from their only regular season loss, they're going to be feeling pretty good in that semifinal matchup as well. And then the other semifinal, we'll talk about this a little later, but Bellevue West and Omaha Westside win pretty big. Bellevue West beat Grand Island and Omaha Westside beat Omaha Burke. So that one will be just a big game yeah. in Class A. We'll break that down here in a little bit. In Class B, the most surprising Result number one Bennington blows out Waverly forty-one to nothing. And Luke, I thought the Vikings would put up a little more of a test. And I think that's not that's more of a testament to how good Bennington is rather than how uh, 
Waverly was a team because Waverly is a good team and Pennington just smacked them. Yeah, I mean, Waverly had a huge blowout win the week before and yeah. then they just totally get the script flipped on them. They're the one that gets beat down. And I mean, that is a, a tremendous physical, you know, hard-nosed team that doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But with when you're playing against a team the caliber of Bennington, sometimes you get forced into some of those mistakes. And that just kind of goes to show a little bit about you know, how good those Bennington players are at, you know, playing to whatever their game plan is, you know, doing their scheme, their assignments. You know, you, you don't beat a team like that without playing such solid, you know, disciplined football. And for Bennington, really, it's it's just like these, these wins just keep snowballing. There's yeah. there's really no end in sight. If If you're putting up such an impressive game like that in the quarterfinals, if you've looked like the number one team all season, I mean, I, I don't. I don't even have a bad word to say about them. They're just. They're good all over the field. They're by and far the the title favorite in Class B, and they definitely showed exactly why. Elkhorn and Aurora both advances to the semifinals. Elkhorn will take on Bennington, um, and Aurora will take on Omaha Scut. Those yeah. Skyhawks just can't get eliminated. Matt Tillman <laughs> has that team ready to go whenever, wherever. They beat Plattsmith twenty to ten. And I think that speaks to the rushing defense of Omaha Scott because Plattsmith, as we all know, they like to run the ball, and they've done that all season and partly why they were undefeated going into this matchup. But Scott, in that game plan, get the better of the Blue Devils. Definitely. It's it's really one of those cases for Scott. You know, they've they've been close, I think, to the level they wanted to be at throughout the regular season um, and, and really playing up to that level in the playoffs as as they usually do. You know, they, they've been a perennial in that state title game in Class B, so I'm sure Aurora will be uh, pretty excited at the chance to stop that, you know, make their own mark as one of these Class B powerhouses that, that shows up in the state title game every year. And, yeah, that that is going to be a great matchup. Both those teams, you know, coming off solid wins and having some similar qualities, I think, in, in the way they run their offense with both having good quarterbacks but more of that run-based, you know, points at a premium kind of game. And so that, that'll be a great matchup, yeah. Both those teams pretty consistent here in Class B playoffs. In C1, we're going to talk about the game you are at, Luke. Pierce, defending state champ, defeats Ashland Greenwood, the number one seed, 35-28. What did you see when your first ever trip up yeah. there to Pierce? Beautiful little stadium they have there. It's It's got pretty good lighting, you know, pretty good Friday night feel, um, and a nice home stand, some, some nice amenities in the press box too. Great guys up there. Uh, so shout out to Pierce and, of course, Respect to the players on the field. I, I said whoever comes out of this matchup to me has got to be the favorite in C1. And just the level of play in that game really proved it to me. Both those teams just so close, toe-to-toe the whole way. You know, is really every interception, you know, every first down, every big play like that truly felt, you know, momentum changing, game flipping. Um, just one of those big-time Friday night contests. Yeah. And, you know, Car- Coach Mark Brommer said it after the game, that home field advantage, you know, it's definitely worth something in the playoffs. He said yeah. it might be worth about seven points. That was what that was what was the difference. So, you know, at, at Ashland might have gone differently, but Ashland Greenwood, you know, number one seed, pretty heartbreaking for them. But truly, they can go out with their heads held high, knowing, you know, it's obviously tough to lose it with a big play in the last minute of the game. But you know, you just have to give respect to your opponent. They outplayed you there. They just got you with that one play. It'll haunt some of those players for a yeah. while. It'll be, it'll be a painful memory, especially as they you know see Pierce continuing on this week. But just a, a really well played C one game. I think both those coaches saw how high the level of play was and 
applauded their teams for it as well. In other scores, Battle Creek defeated Columbus SCOTUS in my hot take of the week. Columbus Lakeview continues their run. Yep. My state champ is out, though. They defeat Boone Central 23-20. to And then Cardin Catholic just rolls over Wahoo. An interesting fact, Luke, the C1 seeds that are left, 9, 12, 11, and 2. I think I think we could have called it that it was not going to be one, two, and yeah. three, four. <laughs> Again, that solidifies the yeah. fact of how wide open this field was. For sure, it's it's kind of wild the way that it played out. But ultimately, you look at those semifinal teams, and you know, it's they're all so deserving in their own right. There's yeah. there's really not a whole lot separating them there either. So, Carney Catholic coming out of the bottom side, real solid defense all season long. Lakeview has just been phenomenal over the last few weeks, overcoming some early losses. Um, real solid combination of offense and defense there as well. So I look at all four of those teams, and you know it, it's not one of those cases where they're like imbalanced in terms of offense and defense. They're both, they're all kind of talented all over the field. That quality on both sides. Um, so I, I think this C one field as as wild as it has been, you know anything could happen yeah. in the semis and, and the finals as well. Any of those four teams. I'd say Carney Catholic is probably labeled as the favorite as i say that in air quotes yeah. just because they're the two seed but again it's so wide open that even the two seed is not safe so yep. in c2 wilbur clatonia cinderella in their own right beating hastings st celia 32 12 to move on to the semifinals. Uh, they're the number 13th seed by the way north catholic number one seed beats hardington cedar catholic and then archbishop bergen defeats or no archbishop archbishop bergen takes on Ord after Ord came out with a big win over Lincoln Lutheran. Yep, and Bergen big win over Aquinas yep. as well. So you know, two solid teams there that they take care of fairly easily. Um, just showing a little bit of a gap there, and to have that state semifinal rematch on the same field that they lost the state title game, man, I, I think those Bergen players had to have been dreaming really yeah. that the playoffs would shake out this way all season. You know, it's it's really kind of their moment to get those demons out. They've been. They've been playing all season like a title favorite, so that will just be a tremendous game if you're in the Fremont area. Might as well head over, yeah. check it out. That'll be a fun one. And definitely for Wilbur, um, you know, total credit to that program, all those players, those coaches, you know, playing a really difficult regular season schedule and, you know, going on the road first week, pulling off a big upset win. You, know, you get that you get that big home game in week two, and, and they totally ran with it, beating Hastings, St. Cecilia, a really solid team. Over the course of the year, I think, you know, in terms of seeding, that's a big upset. But those two teams were were pretty similar in quality. So to beat them by about 20 points is is a credit to their game plan, the way they executed in that one as well. So going to be interesting to see if they can keep it going against the top seed, Norfolk Catholic. But Wilbur, the only thing standing really in the way of a, a clean 1-2-3-4 there in C2 because they beat UTAN there in the opening round. Well... Staple, we will preview those semifinal matchups here in a bit. But let's recap what happened in state volleyball. That wasn't the only thing. That was here in town in Lincoln. And what a weekend it was. Uh, We'll start in Class A. As expected, me and Luke both got our predictions right. Papillion La Vista South finishes off a 40-0 season uh, with a win in the state championship, a sweep. Four drop sets all season. Is that correct? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And, I mean— it was just wild to see at the state tournament, too, how much better they look than some of these other great state tournament teams that have, you know, really the talent level in, in maybe a different year to take it all. Um, you know, that watching that final against Millard West, it was 
it was just crazy the the efficiency that the Papio South offense ran and and really at the high school level a lot of it comes down to your setter you know how consistent can they deliver those balls you know keep the offense in system all those important things that you need from your setter and Ava Legrand Papio South one of the best um, she's just been phenomenal the last couple of years closing out her high school career back-to-back yep. state titles that's a pretty good way to go and yeah. you know whatever it is now a 50 match winning streak you know whatever it is dating back to last season will be super interesting to see you know how long they can keep that winning streak going I have no idea what the the longest win streak it, it has to be their back-to-back title teams in in the early 2000s mm-hmm. I would think would be the longest win streak but the volleyball heritage they have at Papio South they've They've really got that program going again. A lot of a lot of young players too, um, going up in that program, seeing them win back to back state titles and going, hmm, you know, we're we're the powerhouse now. Yeah. So total credit to Papio South. Great run they had this year. Well, speaking of powerhouses, we have Omaha Scott in Class B winning their seventh straight state title to state record, defeating number one Norris three to one, three sets to one in the state final. And I mean Luke, you got that one correct. I got yep. I picked Norris. It, it, to me, it always felt like Norris's title just because of the way the season moved out. But give credit to Scott after losing was Krause the number one recruit last season she was, at all? Yeah. yeah, losing someone like that plus one of the best setters in the country or liberos, um, and then come back and win another state title. Yeah, they had they had three Division one players <laughs> and really I, I think you know like six or seven college players. So. Just tons of senior talent on last year's team. And so it was really interesting to hear from Coach Saunders and a few of those experienced Scott players after the match. And you know, they they were pretty honest. They were like, It it fired us up to know that, you know, people thought we might not win it again this year. Yeah. You know, that the assumption wasn't that they would win state. Um, so it, it they really handled, you know, maybe pressure or lack thereof very well. You know, if if you think that those players would you know, obsess over, oh, we got to win seven. You know, we're like, we're this team that has so much pressure on us. But just very carefree the whole year, just just playing their their game, you know, playing volleyball. And that, that showed during the state title game, you know, kind of the mental fortitude. It was a real battle with Norris, especially yeah. that second set. So, you know, it, if you get down, if you start spiraling a little bit, that happens all the time at the state tournament. It's a tough environment to play in. The pressure is there. But Scott handled it with ease. They were just out there having fun. And obviously that, that fun continues for another year. And who knows? They're, I'm sure they're going for eight already. They're probably yeah. back in the gym. <laughs> uh, in C1, another team of destiny, it seemed. Lincoln Lutheran defeats Carney Catholic three sets to one to win another state title for Sue Ziegler. And I mean, um, despite the win over Carney Catholic, impressive. I thought the most impressive win out of their state run was in the semis against GICC. Swept yeah. them. And it was a beatdown. Like, it was... That matchup was probably one of the most looked-forward to matches of all the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And Lutheran was like, nah, we're just going to roll. Yeah. And they and, did. And I watched them in the opening round. They won pretty comfortably in three sets as well. So, you know, when you evaluate the comfort of their state title run... You know, obviously Papio South with with their level of dominance in A, but you know Scott had to go through a five setter in the semis. A lot of these other champions had five setters. They had these really, you know, drawn out matches that made it a tough run. And you know, don't get me wrong, there were a couple moments in that state title match where Lincoln Lutheran was definitely pushed. They had yep. to regroup, but ultimately, you know, it's it's just a credit the way that they handled that. 
shrugged it off and just got to the finish line again. You know, this this group, Abby Wackel, Caitlin Oxley at middle blocker, those two, just a phenomenal talent, Ashlyn DeBoer, Molly Martin, just all these pieces, you know, that that is the impressive thing. We spoke yeah. about it before. The way that all those players just fit together, you know, all the hours that they spent practicing, the way that they got it down, it, it helps that it's pretty much the same team. It was pretty much the same team from last year that had lost in the semifinals. So, you know, the, the motivation to work hard, the drive to get back there, and then just to, just to finish it off, you know, congrats to those Lincoln Lutheran players. And I know Sue pretty well. She's a, a great coach, yeah. a great person. And just, just what she's done there, you know, all the athletes she's coached, both in volleyball and track, she is definitely an icon up there at Lincoln yeah. Lutheran there. I'm sure they're they're fortunate every day to have her, and that's why they show it. Yeah, And, I mean, Sue is honestly, yeah, she's one of the most best coaches I've interacted with. And, I mean, I think it speaks to her, too, because I was walking through the hallways of Pinnacle. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in a year, ever since I covered their uh, district final the year prior to making the straight tournament last season. And I'm walking through uh, the tunnel, and I walk by Lincoln Lutheran as they're getting ready for their first set game. And she looks at me and recognizes me, and she's like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, good. And say, I'm like, wow, it's kind of surprising <laughs> she recognized me from yeah. a year before. Um, so I think that just speaks to her as yeah. a coach and a person. That's so awesome. uh, glad to see Lincoln Lutheran take out the title. In C2, Oakland Craig, the number one seed, takes out Sutton three sets to none. Uh, Luke, you covered that final. And, I mean, Oakland Craig, I mean – they seem to roll through the state tournament pretty well, uh, only dropping one set, and yep. I was in uh, the semis against Superior. Yeah, just a, a feel-good story there. Um, a little bit less good feeling for Sutton. Yeah. Commiserations in their, their first state title match, so still a great year for them. But for Oakland Craig, you know, getting that state title, just family all over the court. Yep. It, if you're an Oakland Craig fan, our, our Clark Grell had a great article about it a couple weeks ago. Um the Helzer sisters, the Rennerfelt cousins, the Johnson sisters. Oh my gosh, you know, it's just it's just a family affair. And so, you know, all those Oakland Craig fans and and families that came here to Lincoln, it'll be a a weekend to remember for a while for sure. And what really impressed me about Oakland Craig is they had two freshmen playing huge roles, another freshman rotating in as well. And that's I mean that's pretty much unheard of for teams to go this far. You know. Maybe if you have a couple of freshmen, you sprinkle them in or, you know, you you make it to the first round of the state playoffs. But to win a state title with two freshmen in your starting lineup, both a credit to how well those players got to varsity and the coaching, too, to to make sure they were prepared for that moment. So, yeah, congrats to Oakland Craig. A, a fun one, their first state title. And then you go down to D1. Howells Dodge pulls out the win over Archbishop Bergen. And I just I feel so sorry for that class. Pretty I mean, tough. three yeah. straight runner-up finishes right am i correct yep and they'll be and i believe a lot of them are coming back too mm-hmm. so they're gonna be looking to finally get that state title i mean congrats to al's dodge it's just you feel sorry for a team that loses three straight state championships and it's almost for norris too they lost two in a yeah. row lost to scott three years ago so a little bit of a what if um you know just just unfortunate sometimes for these these classes who you know, just line up with another school who's having a slightly better run yep. or a slightly better year. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned a lot of a lot of talented juniors in that Bergen team. Great coaching, as always. They'll be back. And for the the Bomber sisters from Howells Dodge, a, a real fun one for them, too, to, yeah. to win a state title yep. together. Two phenomenal players, and, and they, they certainly showed up in that state title match. And then in uh, Class D, too, I mean, two football schools 
going at it. Yep. Ball State Sacred Heart and Humphrey St. Francis, not only do they run into each other on football, but they do in volleyball as well. And it's Sacred Heart in five sets. I don't think it could have ended it anywhere, of anything course. else. It had to be five sets between those two schools. And Sacred Heart, the number one seed, gets the better of St. Francis and pulls out the win. Yeah, maybe the match of the day in the first one. That was a, a pretty wild one. Both those teams playing super well. And for Falls City, Sacred Heart, just kind of their destiny. They had a, a great year last year as well, falling short. So coming back next year and winning that state title was was huge for them. Celebrations were fun to watch. And and just a, a great season for all those players to, to come back and do it again. And that was how state volleyball rolled out. And, yeah, well, wait till next season. Yeah. But still, plenty of great state champions and storylines. If you missed any of our coverage, you can go on PrepExtra.com and read the recaps, gamers, and features from over the weekend. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to break down state football semifinals and what to look forward to on this upcoming cold and windy Friday night. You're listening to the Prep Extra Podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom along with Luke Mullen, and we are breaking down state football semifinals. As always, we're going to start in Class A, and I think probably the game of the state semifinals. Yep. Bellevue West, Omaha Westside. Luke, you're going to be there. I will be. That's going to be a war. I'm guessing there will also be a lot of college scouts there. Yes. Because, man, the level of talent on those two teams is crazy. Um, you know, not not just the guys who are senior stars out there. A lot of the sophomores, you know, up and coming players for for both of those schools. A lot of exciting potential to see on the field, and definitely that that game just kind of has I don't know what you want to call it, like a feeling of destiny to it. You know, yeah. both of these schools on their own individual paths. You have you got Westside, the defending champion. You know, a whole new quarterback, a lot of different players in from last year, but they're still doing the same things. They're still winning the same ways. Um, you know, looking to repeat, looking to have that kind of, uh, you know, era as their own powerhouse in Class A. And then Bell West, who's arguably had, you know, the most talent of any program, any team in the state the last two years, heartbreaking quarterfinal loss last year. Are they going to be able to get past it or are they going to have another heartbreaking loss this year? Um, So that's kind of the tale of of destiny there. I think it's, it's really hard to pick against Bell West, the amount of talent they have. But, you know, the home game helps for Westside. Um, you know, I, I think the conditions help as well. I think they'll be able to to manage that a little bit better. So I'm I'm super interested to see. I, you know, I, I got to lean probably Bellevue West with my prediction mm-hmm. there. But could easily be a touchdown game. Yeah. And I, I, I think either of those two teams is has got to be the favorite, you know, just overall for Class A, whoever makes it out of there. And I think this will be the first big test for Westside this season. Their yeah. schedule during the regular season wasn't great, but they did beat up on Omaha Burke 42-3, which to me was pretty impressive. Um, but Bellevue West, different beast. It'll yeah. be pretty interesting. It's just kind of interesting, too, because like you get to this point and you can kind of almost just throw the schedule out of the, yeah. out of the you know picture. You can almost just throw regular season matchups out because it's just one game away from Memorial, you know, 
you bring it up, the semifinals might have more pressure, which, you know, honestly, I agree with you. It's, it's yes. like I've always felt that the yeah. semis always have more pressure because it's just about getting there. Exactly. Because once you get there, it's whatever you're there. Yeah. You, you, your credibility is solidified. But and it's also it's also like one more game, you know, yeah. th- those emotions too. you know, being at home versus being on the road. There's a lot of different factors there um, that, that just make the semifinals so big. And and I, I totally agree. The pressure's on for both of those teams. Yeah. Think a little bit more for Bellevue West, just yeah. with the expectations they have in that program. So going to be a, a huge one. I'm sure a big turnout. You know, better better get ready to to get in that parking yeah. lot because <laughs> everybody everybody's going to be there. I'm sure. Then Cinderella Omaha North takes on Gretna. That one will be in Gretna. Um, and I don't know that one. Obviously, yeah. the favorite has to be Gretna, but Omaha North. They they prove the doubters yeah. throughout this entire thing. Can't count them out. Definitely yeah. cannot. Uh, in Class B, I think while well, Bennington takes on Elkhorn, that was preseason one and two. Yep. Okay. So, uh, but Bennington blew them out in the regular season, and um, we will see how that one turns out. But I am a little more interested in Scott and Aurora. Yeah. Actually, now that I think, I might have had Scott two and like Bennington three or four, but regardless. My my crystal ball was not <laughs> – it didn't always work out in all these <laughs> cases. But, yeah, the, I think that Bennington game, you know, the way that they handled Elkhorn during the regular season too, you know, I I have to consider Bennington easily a, a two-touchdown favorite um, in that one. They're just – they've just been so solid. Yeah. It's it's hard to see that one going any other way. So, yeah, that, that's got a roar game. I mentioned those two offenses to me are pretty similar. Um, just the level of talent on defense, those defensive lines – um, some great run stoppers, some some good contained people on the edge as well. So, I mean, I I'm going to give the edge to Aurora there. You know, the home game. I think, you know, coming off of last year having been in the state title as well, I think they have that experience, that drive to get back there. But man, that that feels bad picking against Scott with when with how often they make it to the state yeah. title game. It's <laughs> that's a pretty hard one to separate those two. Then in C1, where everything is wide open, number 12, Battle Creek, is at Pierce again. Um, but Columbus Lakeview is giving back in Kearney, in Kearney Catholic. And that one's interesting because, obviously, Kearney Catholic, they rolled over Wahoo. But Lakeview has been, like we mentioned the past yeah. couple podcasts, the hottest team of the playoffs, winning a close one last week, 23-20. And I don't know. I mean, Carney Catholic, they've made the semis a few times before, but they have not been able to get over the hump of getting into the final. In Lakeview, to be honest, it feels very upset-worthy, that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, you know, for Carney Catholic, I think the, the defense is the better portion of this team. And, you know, oftentimes that is always enough to get you through, always enough to get you that state title game. But all it takes is just, you know, one bad quarter, you know, a, a couple bad plays. And to me, it, Columbus Lakeview has the ceiling to kind of break that game open on offense a little bit more. Carney Catholic, some tremendous players, quarterback Mahoney, running back Greaser, both just phenomenal in their own right. Would not want to play against those two. Um, some good size, speed, and, and athleticism out of the backfield there. So to me, Lakeview definitely has that potential. Haven't been to Memorial Stadium since 1990, I believe, was their last state title game. So a little bit of destiny there, too, looking uh, for one of those best seasons in program history. And that's just going to be a great one. The other one, Battle Creek and Pierce. 
Battle Creek, one of those two teams to beat Pierce during the regular season. That was at home. Now they go on the road. Is that worth seven points again? You know, is that worth four? Is it worth two? Is it worth 14? You know, who knows what's yeah. going to happen there. I think those teams are pretty evenly matched. Hard to pick against uh, the defending champs at home again after watching them last week. But, I mean, 24-6 to six, Battle Creek during the regular season, that's not that's not a one-score game. You know, no. that's, that's the fewest points Pierce has scored all season by far. So if they can replicate that, I mean, that would be huge Battle Creek going from the 12 seed to the title game. Let me give you a quick fact about Carney Catholic. They were runner-up in 2011. Since then, they've gone to the semis four times, and they've lost all four of those games, including last season to eventual runner-up Adams Central. So, very interesting. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Going to be a good one yeah. over there in Carney. Uh, moving on to C2. Wilbur Cotonia, Cinderella run of their own right, taking on number one, North Worth Catholic. But again, we got pointed out, state uh, championship rematch of last year, number three Ord at Archbishop Birkin. Yep, and this Ord team is just playing phenomenal again. Um, the combination of, of running back and quarterback that they have in their backfield, Hurlburt, um, great player, has really impressed me this year. And for Bergen, this is going to be perhaps – um, the most interesting, closest to a four-quarter test they've had all yeah. year. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, they're they're in the semifinals, and I can say that. And Aquinas definitely gave them a push last week. Don't get me wrong. They kept it close um, for most of that first half. But that thing was definitely over by the time the fourth quarter ticked around. Bergen hasn't really had those crunch moments where they've they've had to come up with a big play only because they've been so good. Yeah. They put these teams away in the first half. Um, so I, I definitely don't think they'll be able to do that against Ord. I think this one will, will be pretty close to going the distance. But ultimately, yeah, I, I think Bergen is is pretty close to a two-touchdown favorite there. With with McIntyre, just the, the level he's been playing at, the the way he's been able to score, throwing, rushing effortlessly. His brother, Cade McIntyre, I mean, how many C2 secondaries have a guy that can cover 6'4 wide receiver? <laughs> like, you just can't. It's just ridiculous. Those <laughs> Those two make highlight plays. Gavin Longman, he's another six-foot wide receiver. Jarrett Boggs could be an all-state running back as well. So the talent is just all over for Bergen. You know, it's it's their year. It's their time for revenge. And, yeah, I, I don't see a way they lose that one. Then we move on to eight-man D1 more specifically. Burwell, number one, is at number five, Howells Dodge. But we have an area team. Number 10, Cross County, is at number six, Hitchcock County. Yeah, Cross County probably played – Eight-man game of the season last week, yep. 59-52 <laughs> over Lords. Um, just a, a total shootout back and forth. Um, you know, I, I thought Lords was going to go all the way, but if there was a game that was going to trip him up, it was definitely that one. Cross County coming on t- out on top with that that great rushing attack. Um, some, some great linemen that they have in there. Good coaching as always. And I, I think probably after winning that one, I think what they ha- they have the ability to go all the way. Whoever comes out of the top matchup, Burwell and Howells Dodge, both um, two of the best teams. Howells Dodge handing Cross County its only loss of the season earlier. Burwell undefeated up there. Um, I, I think either of those will will be a fantastic eight-man title game. going to be interesting to see. Then in D2, Sandhills Thetford, after losing last season, the BDS is back in the semifinals at number 13, Elgin Public Pope John. We talked. We just mentioned BDS. They're back in the semifinals yep. as the 14 seed. They are at the seven seed Kennesaw, and it's weird to think there could be a possible D two rematch 
after right. a BDS is a down year, and they're back in the semis. I was going to say, I would have never thought yeah. at the start of the playoffs to assume that that, that could happen. Um, just, just through the course of events, you know, the quality of team in D2. So BDS, you know, having a huge run from a lower-seeded um, perspective, and also Elgin Public really surprised me. You know, they, they were a team to me that was kind of on the outside of top 10 all season long, was able to, you know, maybe break into that 8-10 to 10 mark for a little bit. Um, but this playoff run has just been phenomenal. They get a huge home game, um, not having to, to travel out there to the Sand Hills is, yeah. is big for them. You know, having them come come to them is, is going to be a big advantage there. So, you know, maybe they can keep it going, but Sand Hills is, has been tough all year. I, did, I don't see that one um, going any other way. And I believe if we get a rematch of D2, it will most likely be on the same exact field. Well, no, it'll be Memorial. Never mind. Brain fart right there. But um, San Jose, Ledford, and BDS possibly yep. in the state championship again. In six man, number one, Potter Dix is at number 13, Spalding Academy. And Cody Kilgore back in the conversation. Number two, they are at number six, Wallace. Yep, this one, um, quite interesting to me. You've got C2 um, and maybe Class B being the only other potential 1-2 seeds in, in the finals. And I think that's the way this one will shake out. Potter Dix and Cody Kilgore been just the two best teams, two best offenses all all year in six-man. Spalding and Wallace, both great playoff runs. Um, not not being that favorite team all year, you know, they can they can pull off another stunner there. But, yeah, I, I do see the, the one and two coming out of the six-man. Well, that's all the state semifinal previews. Plenty of action on this upcoming Friday. And as always, let's finish out the show. Jeff and Luke's hot take of the week. As always, I am going to start, and I've been with them since the end of the regular season, and I'm going to continue with them. Columbus Lakeview upsets Carney Catholic. They hand the Stars their fifth straight loss in the semifinals. They've proven they can win close games, and I think this is going to be a pretty close one, and I think Columbus Lakeview pulls it out, and they're on their way to Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I will say I, I got the chance to speak to one of Columbus Lakeview's best players, Adam Van Cleve, running back wide receiver today. Check journalstar.com for that article. Came from being a ball boy, wanted to be uh, in Memorial Stadium to potentially playing for it um, this week. So a, a big story there. I think that Columbus Lakeview team, they got a big senior class. They're tight. They've been playing for years. Um, just a, a case of destiny there, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm not betting against you, Jeff. I, no, I, know, I, know, you got that, go. I know you got that Lakeview prediction on lock. So we'll see. Then how about you, Luke? Yeah, I'm. I'm going with Liberic Latonia um, here to keep the Cinderella run going. I do think um, Omaha North in Class A has a pretty good shot. I think very close, closely matched in terms of, of talent there against Gretna. Uh, but that home game, I think, you know, it's a little bit more of a case of Gretna having experience, you know, being able to overcome them in, in some of those tough moments. So I think Gretna gets it done there in Class A. But I think Wilbur pulls off another big road upset at top-seeded Norfolk Catholic. And my sole reason for this, you know, I apologize to Norfolk Catholic. I predicted an upset <laughs> last week. I predicted Hardington. I got nothing against you. Um, I just think that at some point there's going to be an offense able to break their defense. It, it might not be till the state title game. It might be never. I could be wrong. But the way this Wilbur offense has been playing in conjunction with their defense, I, I see that one going, you know, a, a one-score game down to the end. But Wilbur has that potential for big plays really like the athletes they have there on offense, and I think they get it done. Well, there you go. There it is. Our hot takes of the week. 
I got Lakeview. Luke has got Wilbur Cotonia. That's going to wrap it up for the Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Make sure to tune in uh, to prepextra.com for upcoming features, game previews before this Friday night's coverage. We're going to be at some of the semifinals around town. Luke will be at Bellevue for that one and, of course, for other area matchups as well, including Wilbur Clutonian, like we just mentioned. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to follow on social media at Prep Extra, as well as our personals at LMullen7 and myself at Sports. Thank you so much for listening. From Luke Mullen, I've been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Enjoy the semifinal football.